Sam Prendergast. He's Mr. Composure for the end of the game to bring a team from behind to win. You can't win anything with kids. You know, it was... I actually thought it was fantastic and I don't know if you can hold back the hype. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. Hurling on Off The Ball with Board Gosh Energy. Proud sponsors of the Senior Hurling Championship. And this is the Saturday panel on Off The Ball here on News Talk for your Saturday afternoon. John Duggan with you through to five. You can text us 53106. We're streaming the conversation as well so you can listen across the country on your radio and News Talk but also watch us if you'd like on the Off The Ball digital and social channels for YouTube, Facebook and on Twitter. Let's go through the hurling fixtures because hurling the small ball is our focus over the next hour. So today we have in the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship brand Robin Round 3. Dublin Wexford, 5 o'clock throw in a Croke Park, not Parnell Park. Westmeath Galway at Cusick Park and Mullingar has got a 6 o'clock throw in. Munster Senior Hurling Championship brand Robin Round 3. Cork Tipperary at 7 at Porky Cueve. Then tomorrow we've got the Leinster Senior Hurling Round Robin Round 3. Antrim against Kilkenny, 1 o'clock start in Corrigan Park in Belfast. On the line shortly we will have... The former All-Ireland winner with Kilkenny, Taggy Fogarty, and the ex-Limerick player and manager, TJ Ryan. And uh, first up is the former Offaly player and now GA writer with the Irish Independent, Michael Verney. Michael, how are you? Good, John. How are you? Yeah, good, good to talk to you as always, Michael. OK, what is your state of the nation? You're Joe Biden now. You're in the uh, presidential pulpit. What's your state of the nation on the small ball so far? What we've seen and uh, what we can expect over the next 24 or 48 hours? Rasher last Saturday evening uh, down in the Gaelic grounds was just superb. It was uh, it was just amazing to see it. And Claire, who have who have really thrown it down to Limerick the last couple of years, and obviously drew with them three times last year to finally get over the line and Limerick to be finally beaten their first you know time to be beaten in championship in four years is kind of blown Munster wide open. Uh, a lot of people uh, were probably saying before the championship started that you could nearly hand the title to Limerick. It doesn't work like that, and I'm sure Taggy will tell you that that when they were going for four in a row, it just doesn't work like that at all. And they obviously have a set a massive setback now with Sean Finn being ruled out with the with the cruciate. Um, so they're going to have to adapt and regroup. And there's probably Claire have probably given a lot of people hope. Um, hope going into the rest of the summer and obviously Tip and Cork Tip and Cork this evening is going to be an absolute belter um, like traditionally down through the years one of the great hurling rivalries are you too um, young for that are you? Uh, a small bit probably yeah like my my kind of Tip Cork memories would be more I remember being down at Munster final in uh, Turles that, that Cork won by I think they won by four or five I remember Owen Kelly was Owen Kelly got an unbelievable score over his shoulder I'm kind of remembering more like Isaacy doing serious damage in 2010 when Tipperary were seen as All-Ireland contenders and were dumped out of Munster at the first hurdle uh, and a couple of other bits and pieces but yeah like you know, Nicky's Nicky's kicked goal and stuff like that is probably a bit before my time, but don't, I've caught up on it and watched it all. Um, in, you know, since, but I probably you know haven't got to see the the best part of that rivalry. Um, because of my age or whatever, but yeah. expecting expecting an absolute cracker of a game tonight. It was uh in Killarney. That was, I think, the replay nineteen eighty seven. Tipperary broke a sixteen year famine, but he, I think he scored the kick goal in the eighty seven, the the first game, uh, Nicky English. But the, you had that. Three years previously, he had Tipperary nearly winning the centenary muster final against Cork when Cork were hot favourites. Cork eventually did come through. Then 1990, Tipperary were all Ireland champions. Cork beat them. Babs Keating had a comment which was kind of misconstrued and used <laughs> the Donkey Derby stuff. I think he was kind of taken out of context, but Cork used it anyway. And then the following year, it's actually on YouTube, Aidan Ryan scores a goal in the replay in Turles to knock Cork out the champions. And the place just goes absolutely crazy. The madness of it, the, the invasion of the pitch. That was knockout. That was pure... 
uh, unadulterated knockout hurling. Uh, now, I don't think it's fair to have that now, but we I kind of do miss a little bit of that, Michael, you know? Yeah, just even to see the... I know that was only a round-robin game last Saturday night, but like they tried to stop and get on the pitch after, and there was no way we were stopping any of the Clare supporters. They've been on the they've been on the, the wrong side of a few really narrow defeats by Limerick in recent years. That's a brilliant rivalry, the two of them, either side of the Shannon as well. Um, and while that was only a group game, there was no stopping that pitch invasion after, and there was no stopping the sense of... I don't know, it was just like... It felt like something kind of seismic for this year, uh, in that Clare have kind of shown a lot of other teams how to do it, that you can do it, that you know that they can beat Limerick going down the stretch. It's given a lot of other teams hope, and uh, yeah, while that was only a, a round robin game, it felt it felt a little bit bigger than that. And uh, I'm sure to be similar scenes. Um, depend if there's a winner, if there's a winner this evening between Tip and Cork down the park. Michael Verney, obviously with the Irish Independent, you've got a lot of contacts in the game and contacts at Croke Park and all that kind of thing. So. The, the, I'm not here to once again as I said before to John Malloy on the show on the Sunday if he was going to bash Diego right uh, I think it's a great idea to stream games to have options to have New York for example a few weeks ago as an option was a brilliant idea right uh, so I understand the kind of concept of it we're going to move into a world over the next 10 to 20 years where people won't watch TV they'll watch streaming services the GA has to make revenue it has to generate as much revenue as it can to give back to the units association if you go around the country and you look at clubhouses around the country the fantastic facilities there are for for young kids, boys and girls. And that is the envy of soccer in this country. But uh, can you try and explain the rationale of why a game like Cork Tipperary, um, a game like that is not on free terror this evening? I can't really explain the rationale, John, to be honest with you. And it's, it's, you, if you think that's bad now, like, you know, uh, Limerick and Clare not been on telly last Saturday, would say Dublin and Wexford not been on or Tip and Cork not been on tonight. Like in, in three or four weeks time, like, I love football as well, but I'm a hurling man, you know, that's, that's my first game, shall we say. We are going to be swamped by football in a couple of weeks. The new All-Ireland structures, it's, you know, a load of those games are going to be broadcast live on terrestrial television. Football will be everywhere you see. And I just think it's it, it's a bit bonkers not to be having, like, Tip and Cork is one of the biggest rivalries in the GA, let alone in hurling or football. This isn't talking overall GA. Uh, it's mad to think that that game isn't on TV tonight. It's mad to think that Limerick and Clare, who, like, you put it this way, Limerick and Clare played out one of the best games that any of us have ever seen, like, a little under 12 months ago, and that game wasn't on TV last weekend. It's very hard to get your head around. There's not, you know, the Hurling Championship is already dwarfed by the amount of games in the football championship and the amount of you know teams with with a live chance in the All-Ireland senior football whereas you know what have we got we've got the six, we've got the five teams in Munster we've got six in Leinster 11 teams basically playing for the All-Ireland there's a you know there's a serious shortage of games already and to, we should be realistically in my opinion the RTE should be front loading the, you know this part of the championship with hurling because in a while, we're not going to have any hurling to show. Uh, it's such a brilliant game. Um, and like the Munster Championship is, I don't know, like the Munster Championship is manna from heaven for most GA supporters, not let alone hurling supporters. And to have those games not freely accessible on your TV right in front of you, I just, I just think it's madness. It doesn't make sense to me. Now, the other thing I will say is, like, had there not been, you know, the Sky deal a couple of years ago, people people want every game on television. They want every. That's not the way it works, unfortunately. The games that are on GA Go are generally the games that would have been on Sky. I've no, I've no issue with that. I just have a, a serious issue with the selection of the games that they're putting live on television. With due respect to the Munster football final tomorrow, yeah, that, uh, you're all, the, the Connacht football final, the Munster football final, they should be the games on stream. 
They should be the games on as an option. I th- I feel. Uh, with due with, with due respect, John, the, the the audience that you're gonna have for a Tip and Cork game live on TV will dwarf what you're going to have for probably those two provincial finals combined. And that's just the way it is. Um, And like, they're going to have all the football games on later on the championship when we're getting towards, you know, really, really big games, even in the the new All-Ireland structure, quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, whereas, you know, we have a serious shortage of hurling games. And to me, hurling is the best product in the GA. And I think we should be putting it out front and centre. Yeah, now we will have the concluding Munster games on terrestrial TV. And also, it is, like once again, it's a good, like, they have to sell this and they have to, you know, it, it, it does mean it will become successful because people will go to the streaming service. So you can understand the rationale and, and, and from the other side as well. Taggy Fogarty's on the line with us. Taggy, were you disappointed about Kilkenny last week? Did you feel he let it slip? Uh, afternoon, lads. Um, yeah, I probably did. And uh, should look, listening to the comments probably after with Derek Ling as well, it, it did feel like a game that maybe, yeah, it felt, it felt kind of like a loss. Um, we were six points up 10 minutes ago. I felt myself that we should have been kind of seeing it out. We left uh, Galway kind of hanging and we led for most of that game. And we're probably a better team partly in the, in the second half and, and probably should have drove on. And, and it was there for the taking. And we, we, like Galway came at us, and then we got it back. And then, as I said, we're six points up, ten minutes ago. We should have seen it out, and only for a brilliant point in the end uh, to, to draw it up. But it did feel pretty much that like he lost. It was a home game, uh, you know, in Kilkenny's backyard. Galway were coming down. You know, it was it was it was made up for a Kilkenny victory. Big game for Derek Ling. He didn't lose it, uh, but he, he got a draw of it. And uh, look, the game itself for me, it felt. It felt it was a good game of hurling, probably one of the better games in the Leinster Championship. Was it a cut and trust of championship? No, it wasn't. It kind of felt like, yeah, these teams are going to meet down the line. And it was a good run out. And we got to see each other's what they're all about. And maybe kind of like if the victory would have been a psychological victory more so on the board, I felt. But uh, yeah, it did feel like we left them behind. And, you know, even hearing about Henry after, it kind of did feel that they got a bit of a result coming down to Kilkenny. He's a club mate of yours, Derek Ling at Emeralds. You see him much? Uh, is he 24-7 with this? Uh, he's 24 7, yeah. He's gone off the radar completely. Um, I met him. I actually was going in uh, getting two jerseys signed uh, in Dolan <laughs> Park and I was trying to give him to Racker Cody. And uh, I just seen him down the, the hallway and uh, he just said, Come in for a chat. And also, I was just talking for a minute. And he said, The farthest he's getting now is training sessions and to mass on the Sunday. So <laughs> he, he's, keeping his, he's keeping his head down. And uh, that's what he wants. He doesn't want to be talking uh, to anybody. He definitely doesn't want to be talking to me. <laughs> and, and lads like us. Uh, anymore and he's, he's just totally focused that's that, that's what he that's what he is that's what he's all about you know like it is a full-time commitment isn't it oh uh, it is yeah yeah it's a, a full-time commitment uh how has he been received how are the, I mean, the i'm sure there's a bit of patience for him after 25 years of brian cody um taggy yeah look th- there is a course yeah there's um there's a leeway in kenny i think there's there's that um, i won't say there's not much expected from him but I don't think he's expected to win in Ireland in this year or, or maybe the next year, you know. But look, Kilkenny fans, like any other fans around the, the country, the tips and the corks, um, when you're not beginning to get silverware, uh, he will become under scrutiny. And he knows that himself. Uh, well, look, we know what Brian Cody's done. You know, one of the greatest managers of all times, had a great team and, all, uh, and done, done brilliant things, rebuilt two or three Kilkenny teams. Uh, but Derek, you know, he's taken his own look on it. He hasn't done nothing drastic uh, to subtle, uh, a few subtle changes. Even if you look at the panel and the players, it's more kind of switching them around, trying to find maybe different positions for him. Um, I suppose for me, one of the biggest things he has done is probably maybe try to play the short game, maybe kind of a bit of a puck out strategy. 
but still keeping the ethos of Kenny hurling of like the hard work, the determination, uh, you know, that graft, that never say die attitude. And the, that that's what Derek was rare on himself anyway. You know, Derek never made it underage um, with the Kenny teams. It was more kind of in the senior grade, Brian Cody picked him out of a, my own club, which was junior at the time, and it was more kind of dedication, hard work, and he was just that grafter. And that's what he's going to bring to Kenny, and that's what Kenny are always going to have, I feel. But he has brought little subtle changes to the game, I felt, um, you know, which is important, I think, for Kenny. And any personnel changes that we should be mindful of going forward in the championship later on? Because they're probably going to get through the round, Robin. Yeah, look, they are probably going to get through the round, Robin. Obviously, Billy Drennan was a fine journalist. Yeah, he's injured, he's, yeah. He, He's injured now at the minute. Uh, he, he was a big find, and uh, I think we needed to find someone like that. Um, you know, he was top scorer in the league for Kilkenny, uh, picked up a knock. Now, he played in the league final. The question mark over Billy Drennan was, uh, when it comes down to kind of the cut and trust of championship, will he stand out in terms of winning his own ball and getting a few scores and play? And we haven't seen that yet because he hasn't been started. He, he's been injured. So, like, that's unfortunate. I think uh, the grow done, got a few opportunities but I don't think anyone really else came through the ranks. And, you know, we're missing a few players. Richie Lahey went travelling. Uh, Mikey Carey's actually back now. Uh, he went travelling, but he's back. But I heard he's back in with the panel as well, doing a bit of training. So I don't know how fit or uh, how he's been keeping himself fit uh, with the travelling that he's been doing. Uh, we, Brown has gone as well from midfield. So he did lose a few players. And he was trying to bring a few from the other 20s on. How many of them came through? Really, only Billy Drennan came through. So you're probably picking from the same group of fellas that you had last year and just probably maybe trying to put them in different positions and maybe try to get a, a new spurt of energy uh, from Derek, uh, the fact that Brian Cody is gone. Michael Verney, Gawinkel Kenny, you'd have to think they'll be in the Leinster final, won't they? Ah, uh, they're, def- they're definitely heavy favourites to be, John, you'd have to say. Just on what Taggy said yeah. there, to me it's like a bit of a last hurrah, I would say, for potentially for TJ, potentially for Richie Hogan, who's back on the squad tomorrow, potentially for Walter Walsh, Conor Fogarty, maybe even Killian Buckley as well. I don't know if they'll be there in a couple of years when, when Derek has had two or three years there. So, And, you know, I remember chatting Adrian Ronan there recently and he was just saying, like, Kilkenny people kind of realise they need to make hay while TJ is there in particular. Like, we're talking about a generational player, one of the best players Kilkenny have ever produced, one of the best players to have ever played the game. And he won't be easily replaced. So they need to be maxing out, I'd say, while him and a couple others are still there. Yeah, definitely, uh, Michael. And I think you've hit the nail on the head. And I and I think the fact that maybe Derek came in this year, we possibly could have seen a few retirements last year. Maybe a yeah. Richie Hogan, maybe a Walter Welch could, could have walked away, knowing the way Brian manages his teams. You know, if you got out of luck with Brian Cody very hard to get back into back into a Kenny team. And in fact, I think Derek came in, they're saying, right, um, I'm going to see what this guy is all about. Uh, I want to see something different. How is the panel going to be different? Maybe I'll have an opportunity. Maybe I might be in these plans if I play a bit better. So I think these guys did hang on maybe that extra year just to see would they get back in, how different the whole setup is going to be. You know, I know nothing. I, I just, just Brian Cody all my life, all my career. So these guys, I think, were excited about uh, Derry coming in and about how the setup was going to change. And, you know, looking at TJ the last day, now he's missing a lot of max practice, but yeah, he did look like a lad that was kind of in need of games. Uh, you know, I think Lee Chin is probably the same as well. He, there was times he was going through maybe on goal. He could have tapped the ball over the bar, but I think just that lack of max practice um, from TJ, you know, he, he needs them practices. He needs them matches. And it could be a last hurrah uh, for him. It depends on injuries as well with these guys as well. But uh, as you said, Michael, it, it could be last hurrah for a couple of these guys. So we need to be kind of making some sort of uh, head issue if we can. 53106, uh, we don't know where or when this Limerick journey will end, but they've given us immense pride and satisfaction. Limerick have a history of hurling, but not a history of winning. 
a man with three or four medals is a common place in the traditional three counties, Cork, Tip and Kilkenny. He's a rare breed in a Limerick jersey. Kilkenny played four games in 08 and 09 to claim three and four in a row. Limerick played four games together in Munster each year. They deserve to be applauded as great, says Paul, in but not from Cork. Uh, somebody commented on YouTube, Robert Hartigan, with complete respect to Clare, they deserve the win, but the template Clare set for others was repeated fouling and dragging. I don't see it standing up. Uh, Taggy, it's amazing, really. Like TJ Reid and um, Patrick Horgan are probably going to swap the top scorer, um, you know, Mark. Like, they're the top, Patrick Horgan at the moment, the top scorer in the championship. I think it's 590 points, if, I, if I'm correct. Um, it's amazing, almost like the Harry Kane, isn't he? Uh, Taggy of, of Gaelic Games, Patrick Horgan. Uh, you know, no All Ireland, but an incredible career over 15 years. Uh, incredible, incredible career. Um, you know, he started out in 2008. 2008, it's, it's 15 years ago. It's, it's phenomenal to say that he's he's still going to this age. Top scorer, I think, yeah, he actually looked up to 22 goals and 505 pints, Patrick Horgan. Uh, top scorer, uh, just just phenomenal. And, you know, I suppose back, back in 2008, 9, 10, 11, you put him up there with the likes of the Henry Shefflins, Canning, uh, you know, Owen Kelly, all these greats of the game back then. And he's still in the same sentence as the Groat Hegarty's, the TJ Reid, the Tony Kelly's of today. And that is just a phenomenal, phenomenal thing to do. And I think perhaps outside of Cork, he's maybe slightly underappreciated. Why? What's in terms of his quality? What's the... I think I think he's been involved with an underachieving Cork team, John, and I think maybe he hasn't got the medals or maybe the All Irelands um, to, to to back up his, his genius because he is genius. And you know there was a period of time when Patrick Horgan, when he didn't play well, Cork didn't play well, and the blame was nearly on on Patrick, which which is totally not fair. And he dragged Cork to a lot of matches, and then when Cork were flying it. Patrick Horgan was playing it. You know, only God Patrick was ticking on the pints. He was getting the scores. And, you know, it is an unfortunate thing to me, for me to say that he was on teams that maybe didn't win our Ireland, that he didn't get his medal yet. We don't know. Maybe this year could be proven differently. But for him, superb hurler. And the quality I like in Patrick Horgan and Owen Kelly had as well was when Cork weren't going well or when Tipperary weren't going well, who stood up? It was the Patrick Horgan of this world or it was the Owen Kelly of this world? And they, they played a massive, massive respect to him. And, you know, he came under criticism and he has played it off 2017. He got dropped for the, I think it was the league campaign, got back onto the team and maybe this was the kick, uh, kick up the arse uh, from, from management. Uh, I'm not too sure, but phenomenal career, phenomenal player and still doing it. Scored eight points the last day, two from play. And, you know, you talk about the match tonight, absolutely sensational match. And it's probably going to be a matchup. Cottle Barrett's probably going man mark Patrick Horgan. Um, you know, at 34 years of age, he, he he's still doing it for me, and uh, just a brilliant hurler, classy hurler. Look ahead to Cork to Barry more so after two. Michael Verney, to be brutal about it, West Mead, they're not going to win this weekend. Antrim are not going to win. That's correct, isn't it? Uh, you'd be probably foolish to write off Antrim up in Corrigan Park, given the result they got against Dublin. Adults, yeah. um, Kilkenny have been have been good but they haven't scored a goal in the Leinster Championship yet which is a bit worrying if they don't score a goal up in Corrigan Park it'll probably be a lot tighter than people think from Westmead's point of view they're missing Killian Doyle an all-star nominee last year like realistically like their best player if not in the top one or two and they just can't afford to be without him very interesting in the Westmead uh, Galway game this weekend John You'll have Davy Glennon, the former Galway player, in around the middle of the park for Westmead, and you'll have Ronan Glennon, his brother, 
playing midfield for Galway more than likely as well. So it's not too happen, not too often that brothers face brothers. I don't know what their family or parents are going to do in that game. I don't know who they'll be shouting for. I don't know if they'll be shouting at all. They usually would be going different places at the weekend with one maybe following Westmead, one following Galway. So that's a really, really interesting um, part of that game this weekend. Okay, hurling it's anyone's game. The season board Gosh Energy is launching a new competition to uncover personal stories from across the country, celebrating diversity and inclusion within the game. Each week throughout the championship, listeners off the ball and the hurling pod will be invited to share their it's anyone's game story via WhatsApp. The competition running from the 24th of April to the 20th of July. Weekly prizes including match tickets and signed jerseys. One overall prize as well of much coveted All-Ireland final tickets. So to enter, simply WhatsApp 086-786-9642. That is 086-786-9642 by text or voice note to share your hurling story and why you believe hurling is anyone's game. For full competition details, visit www.boardgoshenergy.ie forward slash home forward slash BGE dash GAA. We're back after this. And this is Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five. You can text us 53106, tweet us at Off the Ball. We're streaming the conversation as well. You can listen across the country on News Talk. Also, watch us if you'd like on the Off the Ball uh, digital and social channels on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. We're continuing the hurling conversation on the Saturday panel, previewing this weekend's action with Kilkenny's former All Ireland winner, Taggy Fogarty, the ex Limerick player and manager, TJ Ryan, and the former Offaly player and now GA Ryder with the Irish Independent, Michael Verney. TJ, how are you? Good now, John, yeah. Uh, good night last night I was at a concert in Dublin so I just made it home there a while ago Is it Bruce Springsteen was it? It was Bruce Springsteen yeah great show last night and um, Michael and uh, Taggy were you at that as well? Definitely not <laughs> I <No>. wish <laughs> <laughs> the, the last time I seen Bruce Springsteen John was a, was a dour day for Hurling it was actually 20, uh, 2013 we played Cork inside in Seppa Stadium and we got knocked out that very day and we went back to Nolan Park to watch Bruce Springsteen. And I'll never forget it, actually. I can't remember who it was. One of the Cork boys. Obviously, it has been said in the dressing room. But he said to me, you're probably going back to Bruce Springsteen now. And I said, I am, yeah. So they knew that we had our eye taken off the ball. We were swapping <laughs> tickets for Bruce Springsteen and not, not for championship matches, which wasn't good. The big question is, who's the bigger boss, Bruce Springsteen or Brian Cody? There's only one boss in Kenny, and that's Cody. That's <laughs> Cody. <laughs> I'm trying to think of uh, um, Bruce Springsteen's songs to put in as puns here, but I'm struggling. Glory Days being one of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> was it, was it, uh, it seemed like a great occasion. Um, he's, he's played here a lot. He loves his country, doesn't he, TJ? Absolutely does, yeah. And he's got a great following here as well. So, yeah, he's been around like 73 years of age. And to be performing the way he's performing now, is, is, he's obviously a credit and just to be able to keep it going and it was three hours non-stop no break all the way through so yeah powerful stuff oh great great stuff and uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it um, what about Limerick then TJ uh, is it a good thing way, in a way that they got beat last weekend they'll, they'll have to sharpen their focus they'll be regrouping now for Cork and Tipperary in a few weeks I just I, I would never consider it a good thing to be beat John uh, definitely um, we were kind of getting used to the way things were rolling down here um, look it's definitely changed things a little and changed the dynamic. And I suppose uh, the way the semi-final and final of the league bounced into the first two rounds of the championship, there was like four games there in a very short period of time, like just over five weeks. That just maybe made life a little bit difficult, maybe physically and mentally. And like we've always known there's a kind of a transition phase from league hurling into championship hurling. And that just happened really, really quick. And you know, like they have one win on the board at least, um, which is definitely a help right now. And I do agree with you three week break I think is coming at the right time 
albeit the news this week on Sean Finn, yeah. he's another little blow. Like he's going to be a big loss. What's going to be done then in terms of messaging and tactics by Paul Connerk and uh, John Cody? What do you think they'll be working on? Well, in fairness to Paul and John, over the last number of years, they have very much kind of stuck with the same plan. Um, like he's definitely one of those coaches that instead of plan B, kind of makes plan A better. And I'd say go away and work on it. Um, like I think you have to give the opposition credit in the last two games as well, John, the way they played and the way they forced Limerick's hand and, and they were brave and, and, and they pushed up the field. So um, maybe there could be a tweak. And in fairness to, to the lads, you know, they, they, they've pulled many rabbits out of the hat over the last couple of years with like moves like Barry Nash and Kyle Hayes. So is there something else in there? Like the, the personnel for me are there. But at the same time, I don't think they need to panic here. Like, like Claire had been very close to them last year. Like they're a team that's exceptionally good in, in, in terms of experience. And I mean, they know the Limerick players very well. So was, was, was that a major surprise? I don't think it was. Um, but at the same time, like from Limerick's point of view, we don't like losing matches. And Munster is competitive. And um, like the next couple of games and the game Saturday night, obviously, Saturday tonight is very important. And um, obviously then the next game for Limerick. But I do, to go back to what you said a while ago, the three-week break, I think it's coming at absolutely the right time. Does it seep into a player's head? You were in this four-in-a-row um, sphere, Taggy Fogarty in 09. Does history, does talk, does all that kind of thing, does like the, the fact that you've done it all, you, and you've beaten everybody and the hunger thing and all that, is it hard to keep going? Um, well, I think the thing with, with Limerick, I think with any team, any successful team, it's, it's kind of been driven within the camp now. And you talk about the personnel and the players that they have and, we were talking before the championship started about the, the, the options that, that Limerick have, and, and, and that's been driven within the camp. All these players, Casey, trying to get on the team, English, you know, if you're benching 60 kg, I went to bench 80 kg. So that, that's all been driven within the camp. So that's your kind of motivation. I, I want to be the best, and you want to win as much as you can when you can. And now is your opportunity to, to win it. And I suppose when you lose a game, um, it's not the end of the world, but I suppose, look, they were a bit lethargic against Waterford. Waterford could have caught them if they had their shooting boots on. Their second game now, and they were beaten by Clare, and Clare could have easily beat them last year as well. It's just just the way the game wins. It's a phenomenal game. So I think in their own heads, I think Kylie he'll have a stick to kind of beat them with, really, to bring him back down to reality and kind of say, look, guys, this is not a foregone conclusion, which I presume he'd be saying to him anyway. But the fact that now this has actually happened... Um, he'll be able to say, look, positions are up for grabs. Um, he'll be able to drive him as in terms of a, a psychological kind of thing, more so than, than a physical, because they're in great shape as it is. But just to kind of really kind of test him and get the best out of him and really kind of ground him and not to let them ca- get, get, get carried away. But all the doubt and all the small little bit of talk, I remember we played Dublin in 13. We drew with them in Port Leash. And all the thing was, well, you had your chance to beat Kilkenny your chance is gone. And we came back and, bet them in a, and played them in a replay and they beat us. So small things can creep in. Media things can creep in just slightly. Um, Sean Finn is gone. So there's uh, one kind of option. You're talking about what, what, what's going to do next. That's an option maybe if they could have pushed up Kyle Hayes, maybe up the centre forward, could have pushed out uh, Morrissey to wing back uh, and Casey. That option is gone. Uh, Keen Lynch is not clicking on, on, on full tilt. He's carrying a bit of a hamstring. So all these things can creep into your head and it's down to the management team, I suppose, to just kind of drive it and throw off the shackles and say this championship is wide open. And never mind our Ireland series. It, it, it's kind of funny. If you're at the Ireland series now, you nearly fancy Limerick to win it. But in Munster, you're kind of thinking it's going to be a hard battle to get out of Munster. You know, it, it's funny the way it's gone. Yeah, just so competitive. Uh, John Conlon, so leaving his brother's wedding to play against Limerick. Uh, Paddy Marr, the tip selector, postponing his honeymoon until after the court game. 
you lads ever had uh, important days um, interrupted by hurling, TJ? Actually, I suppose maybe most of my life, my wife and family will tell you has been interrupted by hurling because you try to make plans as much as you can around it. I never, I suppose, maybe um, we were making those type of plans, John. We made sure that we didn't make them in the middle of the hurling season. We were always kind of looking ahead to say, well, we could be. And maybe we were dreamers. We were always optimistic that we might be, maybe from a club point of view or a county point of view, involved in something. So, no, I was never, we, we, we never clashed like that. So, it's, uh, I suppose, question marks would have to be asked, all right? Like, uh, from a, let's say at that point of view, why would you plan a wedding in the middle of the Hurland season? Sure, no one does that, do they? Yeah, I think it was his brother, yeah. So obviously, um, <laughs> you reprimanded. Did you ever have any clashes, uh, Aidan? Taggy? Um, I, I had a close call, all right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but when you talk about planning weddings, my own brother um, got married, I think it was uh, August, yeah. And we were playing Cork the week after. Now, look, so it wasn't too bad. But I was missing training. And I was dreading even going up to, to talk to, to Cody. And I said, look, my brother's... Uh, Wedding and I'm best man, and he kind of looked at me, and he kind of, you know, his usual kind of eyes, and he's twitching his mouth, and he kind of said, "All right, but sure, you're lucky for best man, you're best man," and then all this kind of crack. So, look, he let me off, and it, and it did me no harm. So, that can earn semi finally, and uh, I scored. I think I scored three points in this. Look, it wasn't too bad, but that was the closest call that I ever got. But, but like TJ, you'd never be planning things on a personal level in the summertime, and even even Kilkenny sporters got ahead of themselves uh, back in the day. They'd be they'd be saying, "Right, well, I go on holiday." Is, uh, in July but I'm making it back for September anyway that's for, that's for sure so that's how bad it got yeah. down here <laughs> You're probably more nervous going to Brian that day than you were in the All-Ireland final Taggy I was yeah I never liked going to Brian with an excuse or, 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 t- or not making training the easiest thing was to do was just keep your head down and, and get there and say nothing and uh, that, that, that suited everybody and it suited Brian as well uh, do you miss it, uh, TJ? Do you miss being on the line? Uh, obviously, you were a player. You played in the forwards and the backs for Limerick in the 90s and, and into the 2000s. And then you were a manager in the last 10 years. I've seen a huge amount of change in hurling, both as a player and a manager. And now, obviously, as a pundit now with the, with the Limerick as All-Ireland champions. Yeah, I t- to be honest, John, you'd always miss playing. Um, I, I, I think that's what we all wanted to do when all we ever wanted to do was play because that's what the game is about. Even when you go into the field, instead of doing all the running and training, you want to play, play a game. So from that point of view, I always missed playing. I suppose that's probably what dragged us to the sideline was you kind of missed the game and you tried to still stay involved because the legs and the body wasn't able to go anymore. I can't say that you'd miss the sideline and the management. That's kind of a very, very difficult job and you'd have to give an awful lot of credit to the people up and down the country involved club teams and county teams because of the time consumption, number one, and maybe the pressure even it puts on your... And maybe the pressure you put on yourself... So I don't think that that's an element, well, certainly for me, that I don't miss. Um, it, it, it's much easier now to sit and talk to you guys and tell the other people what they're doing wrong and, and then just get, enjoy sitting on the fence. It must have been remarkable then when you're on the line and you're trying to get Limerick back. He got them semi-final. I remember that great game in the rain, TJ. It was, I think it was yeah, 2014, 14. yeah. And then you're seeing this incredible team come along and win, what, four All-Irelands in five years. It, what was it like for you on the sideline like in the crowd then watching these great games these great days these great breakthroughs actually look as I said Chef, as you said I, I was always hopeful that we would see Limerick get to the very top I suppose I never would have thought back then that let's say the type of domination that the lads had done over the last couple of years I never would have thought that was possible um, but it was brilliant to see it and as I said it just gives everybody a, a shot in the arm all around the world even and what it's done for Limerick people and there's the joy and the good moods and just in general, talking about it, and like from, from, from that point of view, it's been fantastic. Going to the matches, like I have a wife and two sons who go to all the different matches as well. And you know, I mean, we've really, really enjoyed the last couple of years. And look, the reality is, we probably had, like Taggy said there a while ago, we were getting used to the feeling. So it was nearly a little bit surreal. And in fairness, the Limerick supporters, uh, to a man, they, they, they were all very kind of 
Jimmy Gresh is in defeat that look on, on the night clear deserve to win and it was just an unusual feeling for us because we just got so used to John and Paul getting things right and this team is fantastic and we're just I think fortunate that we have generate like generation players like, just really 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 on top of their game and playing very well and look as I said we've taken a punch but that's all it is for the moment we're definitely not out Michael, you can always say what? you laid the foundations TJ that's it uh, just no, I couldn't. I couldn't be taking credit like that. I, like as I said, over the last maybe twelve or thirteen years, in fairness, there's an awful lot of people done an awful lot of work that's kind of been pushing things forward. But what, like what I would say, definitely to the forefront of maybe club and county success has definitely been, let's say, the younger players, that academy, just pushing fellas through, preparing them for the next level. And you know, we got we, we got a big bunch there through that were just exceptional at, at, at the right time. But the, the um, maybe the levels of let's say stuff like let's say the strength and conditioning and all that other stuff nutrition that, that improved through the through the teens there and I said in fairness the right players came along at the right time and I'd say maybe the stars aligned in with let's say the right manager the right coaching staff let's say the right other people involved video analysis let's say Carly Corrid and, and, and let's say all that crew uh, coupled with the right players and I think that's been the key to success for this limited team Michael Verney, so Tipperary, uh, it was just a washout last year in the round robin for them. But Liam Cahill's come in, Mikey Bevins, uh, his his sidekick, um, and, you know, is 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 is, is Peter Taylor, was Brian Clough, as it were. Um, are they the real deal? Five goals against Clare, fourteen goals in the league. Are they going to get out of the, the round robin? Yeah, and I thought beforehand they would. Um, the Clare game was obviously a massive game. They just not that they were unbelievably impressive that day. They just exploited mistakes that that Clare made. Um, Clare played quite well in that game just couldn't overcome the mistakes that they made um, I have to say about, about Cahill and Bevins and, and Cord they've, they've hit the ground running from the off you, you can see Cahill always gets a bounce no matter whatever team he's with be it Waterford or whoever it is Waterford played super stuff for you know two and three quarter years and only struggled in the latter stages of Munster last year before that they were absolutely brilliant he's hit the ground running with Tip they're ravenous for goals like he just that's his. That's obviously their philosophy as a, as a management team. It was same when they were with the minors. It was same when they were with the twenties. Same when when they were with the twenty ones. They just love green flags, and they'll be going after them and hunting for them tonight. I suppose Cork didn't concede any last weekend. They easily could have had Waterford probably butchered a couple of chances. Um, no, I, I I'm a big Liam Cal fan now. I have to say, and he obviously knows that squad inside out it's most of the guys that he's worked with at underage level through the All-Ireland wins at three different grades mixed with Shamey Callanan who's back in the squad Noel McGrath Bonner Maher and a few more and I think cru- crucially outside of Craig Morgan been injured and, and Barry Heffernan been injured and obviously poor Dylan Quirk's passing as well like he's he, he's adapted to the cards he was dealt unbelievably well he never give an excuse he'll just work with what he has and what he has at the moment he has them humming pretty well but it's a massive game again tonight it really really is um i'm finding find it hard to call a winner to be honest with you um i was been slated last week for sitting on the fence in kilkenny and galway i thought that would be a draw and i wouldn't be a bit surprised if that's a draw down the park tonight as well 18 years taggy fogarty you and 06 were there you won man of the match against cork the all ireland hard to believe they haven't won at all ireland since then What's been the what's been the reason that they've been been held back, and is there signs of the Pat Ryan that it can change going forward? They've had a great underage teams in the last few years. Uh, was a comfortable win over Waterford last week. Where do you feel Cork are at at the moment? Yeah, I am. Um, I still think Cork are kind of an unknown entity. <laughs> um, we didn't see much of them, I think, uh, against a very watery Waterford. 
last weekend. And uh, I think Pat Ryan still doesn't know what, what, what they're all about. Um, for me, though, I think they have improved. And I think they are a better team now than they have been in other years. The biggest fault I'd have with Cork, and it has been said, is their work rate, um, their consistency. And, you know, in that real cut and trust of championship, are they able to win their own ball, get the hooks, get the blocks, get, get all the dirty work done, and then get up the field and what they're very good at, pace, you know, playing through the line, great stick men, uh, and mar the two of them. So I feel they have strengthened their team in terms of work. If you listen to any um, interview by Pat Ryan, it's working on hooking, it's working on blocks, it's getting the bodies on the line. And I think one of the biggest things for Cork is their, their centre line. They've never really replaced maybe a Dermot O'Sullivan or, or um, you know, a Ronan Kern. But now they have a Downey in full back. Um, he didn't play it last day. He's not maimed tonight, but he, he could still start. Uh, but his brother as well out in the wing played very well the last day. And they have Kieran Joyce in a really good settled centre back. So for me, the full back is sorted. For me, the centre back is sorted. And they've upped their game in terms of hooks, blocks, and getting that kind of aggressive nature into them. And then we all know about their power in terms of pace, in terms of lads coming off the bench, in terms of their scoring ability. If you let Cork run at you, they will destroy you. We've seen it in Croke Park where we drew with them after 70 minutes. They come out and then and destroy us in 15 minutes. Just got to run on us. You know, they have really, really good players. So I think Pat Ryan has got that little bit extra out of him in terms of work rate. Now, the thing is the consistency of it. You know, but they came to Nolan Park and fell apart. They didn't really have to do it against Waterford because they didn't need it. They were just tacking on points and getting over the line. So tonight is where it's going to be challenged and where we're going to see whether they've actually got to that point of getting the two of them right together, the two attributes that they need to go on and to qualify out of this Munster Championship. Because Tipperary, we know what they have. We spoke about them already. They're going to come in a fight. They're coming to come in a battle. They've already beaten Clare, who have beaten our Ireland champions, Limerick. So we know what Tipperary are all about. It's Cork, for me, is the big test. And this is a huge game tonight. Like, you know, if whoever wins this game possibly could um, qualify out of the Munster Championship. You know, that, that that's how serious it is. And you talk about, you know, the 90s. It's a pity. It's a pity these two teams having two games played and two games and, and one game lost. It'll be a real. It'll be a real then championship game, knockout championship game uh, for me. But tonight, it's nearly back to the nineties days of the ninety one. You know, Munster final kind of knockout championship, and I just, I just can't wait for it. And I just can't wait for the to see what Cork comes out, especially because I, I kind of see what Tipperary going to come in, and it's Cork for me that is the unknown. TJ Ryan, where are you on this Cork Tipperary? Um, bit on the fence. Um, I probably agree with everything the lads have said. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a bigger game for Cork tonight because of the fixtures that they have to come. They got to go to Clare and go to Limerick. So the fact that they've both got a win on the board, um, we, because of what we spoke about Waterford, we don't really know. We'll say what way they'll finish out the championship. So Tipperary, I'd be fancying Tip to beat Waterford when they play them. So the fact they have two points, that's why I'm saying it's not as big a game for them tonight. Um, like I was being impressed with. Tipperary in the league semi-final, their, their intensity, they matched Limerick up to the 55 minutes. Then let's say a goal went against them that saw Limerick over the line. Um, so just as you said about Cahill there, he de- definitely has him buzzing and that kind of drive and energy looking for goals and he has the team buzzing in a way maybe I, I think that the tip supporters like and that's, that's what they're hunting. But um, like I, I, I'm in the, the same bracket as Taggy with Cork and I don't know. Um, like maybe just to, like the central line of the, the attack, like Darius Gibbon got away more than the last day in, in, in that it was so loose. 
Um, can he make a centre forward and can he contribute, like say, regularly that those number of points? And the mix for Cork, I think, is where they challenge. Like we know they've good hurlers. Um, there was times maybe when they played maybe six lovely hurlers in the forwards, and we know the game has changed to a degree where that balance between work rate and maybe power, along with the pace and and and, and the panache and skill. So getting that mix right, I think, is huge for them. And I think Dickie Dalton has brought something to the team that maybe they mightn't have had before. They've had Harnley kind of playing with maybe. Patrick Harger inside which definitely has suited at times so getting that piece right so will they start as is like I suppose there must have been a question for them as to whether they'd start Robbie or Flynn or not like I, like he's been one of their more, most impressive forwards over the last couple of seasons so will they start as is maybe Pat Ryan will give the nod to a winning team um, so yeah like Corker slight favourites I think because of home advantage and my view is it's a bigger game for them and I think it's very, very close to knockout championship for them uh, tonight, and I think they have to win. I'm just going to give them the nod. I, I, I'm actually going to tell you that I think both teams will qualify. Uh, right. we, we, we qualify out of Munster, but I think it's a bigger game for Cork tonight, and I think that this might get over the line. Their bench is strong, and as I said, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what team they start. So, Clare out of the championship then, okay. Um... <laughs> I didn't, he didn't, I didn't, he didn't, he didn't commit to that. I didn't he didn't commit to it. <laughs> so you're saying are going to get through as well? <laughs> I didn't say that either. I didn't say that yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, you won't be going against your own. You won't be going against your own. Uh, Michael Verney, Dublin Wexford. Um, is this just a project for me, Hold on Who? Is it a bonus? What happens this year for the Dubs? Ah, uh, yes and no. Yes and no. There's a lot of big bodies missing. Obviously, the rush is not around this year potentially retired. Chris Cummy's not around. Keno Callan and Mark Schutte is not involved. Reem McBride, probably a couple more names as well. Um, a lot of new faces in. The likes of Alex Considine, Keno Sullivan. It would be a bonus if they qualify, but that's like, Michal's a born winner and he's going to go gung-ho for that result tonight. I think moving the games from Parnell. Interestingly, they played Westmead in Parnell last week, but they're playing the other two games in Crow Park, that's probably with a long-term vision of where silverware are going to be handed out, be it the Bob O'Keefe or otherwise, it's going to be handed out in Crow Park. If they're going to beat any of the big hitters, they're probably going to have to beat them in Crow Park as well. So I presume that's leaning into moving away. What would have been, you know, Parnell Park would have always been viewed as a fortress. I, I hated playing there. I'd say... Taggy's probably the same. I'd say if TJ managed up there, he's probably the same as well. It's just a horrible, claustrophobic venue. Uh, John Milan described it this morning in the Independent as like playing a game in your back garden, and that's what it was. That's what it was like. So, but that suited, you know, the likes of Conal Keeney, maybe even the likes of Chris Crummy, um, the real physical players that they had, but maybe a lot more mobility in their side now, and they're thinking that Crow Park suits them better. To me, a lot of this game tonight depends on. Is Owen O'Donnell fit? He's named to start. He came off injured the last day. Uh, Lee Chin was hitting freeze off his left-hand side at the end of the Antrim game. Such was the pain in his shoulder. Liam Ryan went off. Uh, Damien Reck hasn't played championship yet, so a lot to do. Like You couldn't confidently call that game until 4.55 when you see who's actually on the pitch. What's happened to Wexford Taggy? Because under Davey, they won Leinster. They got to an All-Ireland semi-final. They were close to an All-Ireland final. They seem to have stalled a bit. Yeah, I think so. Um, look, I think injuries um, at the beginning of the year really hampered um, um, them in the league. And I suppose they lost a lot of confidence in the beatings they got. You know, Clare went down, gave an awful beating. Uh, there was goals, there was flying in left, right and centre, you know. And Liam Ryan was injured, Chin was injured, Damien Reck um, uh, wasn't on the pitch. And I think they never really replaced them. As in, you know, I think every team this year nearly found somebody. We found a Billy Drennan. Tipperary and Alan Tyne and Cork kind of a downy. 
But Wexford never really kind of found anybody that came through the ranks that they could replace these guys from. And I think they just massively, massively missed them. Uh, there was eight or eight or nine injuries there for one league game. And take that out of any team and, and they're going to struggle. And I think Wexford are a bit of a confidence team. And they they play well when they're when they're winning matches. And the crowd seems to get behind them and the supporters get behind them. I was down in Wexford during the week. There wasn't much talk about uh, the hurling at all. Towards a couple of years ago, it was all Wexford. You know, it was all Davy. It was all, are we going to the match? And I think that feeds into the players. So I think maybe the, the, the wind has gone out of their sails slightly. Um, they are beginning to build a small bit of getting these lads back. Uh, Liam Ryan is back. Chin is back, albeit his shoulder. Um, you'd wonder how good or about it he's paying through the pain uh, barrier, if you ask me. And uh, Damien Reck is a massive addition as well. Um, so I think they are beginning to gain a bit of momentum in terms of getting their guys back. But I think just the, the wind has gone over their sails in terms of confidence. But that could change just in one game. Like, it's amazing in championship in Hurling. If you have one good performance, you get on a bit of a run. You know, they could be a hard team to beat if they get to the Ireland series. You know, I, I can guarantee you a kind of a wounded Wexford team or an underdog of a Wexford team, no Munster team would like to play him. No, we saw that with Clare, uh, definitely under David Fitzgerald when Clare was there. Um, TJ Ryan, how did you see this one? Dublin, Clare, uh, Wexford? Yeah, um, different question again. I'd like to think that maybe Wexford would have maybe just maybe further ahead, like Michal Dunham was building something newer. Um, and to answer your question about Wexford a while ago, I think maybe that player in the bracket of maybe 20 to 25, they haven't kind of found a huge amount in that area for the last number of years. They're still, like all the big players that we speak about Wexford are all kind of surrounded a long time. There's Liam Ryan, Matthew Hanlon, Lee Chin, D.O. Keefe, Lee Moe McGovern, Conor McDonald. They're all just around a long time. So that new piece there that Taggy was on about, that's probably one of the challenges for Wexford. But I just think that they weren't far away from making an Ireland semi-final last year. And, you know, they do normally play well in Crow Park. So I'm going to give them the nod to win this game. I think they might just have a, a, a bit much in Dublin, as I said. But Michal, I don't know. I think he's, he's building it's something more for the longer term. I think if they win and get qualified in 2023, I think it'll be bonus surgery for them. 53106, we've got a joker here. Mike, uh, looks like TJ's writing off Limerick up the banner. This is one of our textures. So funny. Yeah, I, 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 he wasn't have been listening to me correctly. Like I said, we took a punch, but we're not out, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, also on 53106, ask Michael Verney about uh, Offaly. Seems to be making great progress this year, says Jordan. Yeah, um, obviously down a, down a lower tier, but you know, a couple of years ago we were in Christie Ring and we couldn't get out of it one year. Very, very consistent now under, under Johnny Kelly. We suffered a bad blow there about a month ago with Ushin Kelly doing his cruciate again, but things are moving nicely. Uh, the under-20s have a big game against Dublin on Wednesday night. Large cohort of that minor team that won Leinster last year and they were beaten in the All-Ireland final in such heartbreaking circumstances. Uh, and a lot of them were on the Offaly Schools team that won the Leinster A title this year and Kalash and Ave Cormac won the, the Leinster B title as well. So things are... Things are moving along nicely. That's the level we're at at the moment, Joe McDonough. But I'd be very hopeful in three or four years if we can bring through seven or eight of those guys, mix them with Ben Keneally, Owen Cal, O'Shane Kelly, and a few more of those lads, that we could be nearing the top table again. And this under 20s thing, Tagli Fogarty, so there's got to be a seven day gap between playing the two uh, codes, as it were. Henry Shefflin was criticising the, the issue during the week. So players obviously can be overwhelmed with a lot of games, um, but maybe it should be in the players' hands. What's your view on all of this? Um, yeah, look, I wouldn't agree with it. I think if you're under 20 and you're eligible to play under 20, you should play under 20. Um, you should have your best your best team out there. I think um, 
just from a personal point of view, if I was nineteen twenty, I'd want to be playing uh, under twenty hurling. Absolutely no doubt about it. And I don't think um, there obviously have to be a bit of a talk between the two managers and and training schedules and different things. But there's absolutely no way I'd hate to miss out on, on the under twenty championship if I was playing senior. And some of these guys maybe are on the fringes of the senior panel, which makes it very hard for them to kind of say, right, well, we're going to pull this out just in case we might need him. And next thing they miss out on an under twenty game. Um, so it's, it's, it's very unfortunate. I, I don't like it. I think if you're eligible to play, you should be able to play. Uh, they're young, they're fit, strength and conditioning, recovery sessions. It's all in there now. Um, and I don't see, you look at the soccer players, like they play three games, three games a week. And I know it's a different game. But look, if you look at in terms of um, the matches that they play in a week, I think there's, 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 there's no need to have the seven day gap. And if you're eligible to play, you should play. And like you're coming down with an understrength under 20 team. And you might, you might get beaten and knocked out. And it's, it's just not fair when you could have to maybe the opportunity to, to win in Ireland. And, uh, you know, I, tre- I cherish my under-21 Ireland. I was on the panel uh, on the senior team and we were out the, the week after. Um, we won the Ireland with the senior team. We played the under-21 Ireland the week after and, and there was no problems. You know, there was a, we were told to stop drinking on a Monday night and we did. And we were in training on a Tuesday night. So um, I, I disagree with it and I think there should be an outplay. You were happy enough to take your under-20 title last year, Taggy, when Cotton O'Neill wasn't playing for Limerick, though. I didn't hear you piping up. No, I would never pipe up, no. But as I said, uh, lads that missed out on our earnings, I feel sorry for them. But look, <laughs> when the winner is the winner, and, and that's, you have your medal in the back pocket, that's all, that's all that matters. Very good. Taggy Fogarty, TJ Ryan, Michael Verney, thanks so much, lads, for speaking to us. Enjoy Cork and Tip later. Enjoy the matches tomorrow as well. And go Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> the boss thanks John see you lads take yeah, care thanks John cheers thanks. we're going to chat to Cora Staunton on Gaelic Football after this Hurling on Off the Ball with Board Gosh Energy proud sponsors of the Senior Hurling Championship 